Okay, I'm super excited about today. Uh, been thinking and actually dreaming about this day for a long time, but it was very difficult to make it line up. I mean, the fact that John lives between Shanghai and uh, California, and Dar Darren travels all around the world on holiday. Uh, he's, I'm joking. Um, but to make them line up was going to be a challenge. Uh, but it's just amazing how God works, actually, because John happens to be with us this weekend. He's got some business uh, that he's doing out here in South Africa. And I was like, oh, if only he had been here two weeks ago as we were doing half of the house, you know. And things happen, uh, you know, this way, and God just kind of lines it up. But let me just say before they come up, because we're going to do an interview type style today. It's not a normal preach the word. So if you're visiting us today, um, it, it's a little different. But I really believe God uses all sorts of people. And every single one of us have a ministry. Um, it doesn't matter what you do, how old you are, if you're in business or not. But God can speak and God can use you powerfully. And these two men that we're going to have up here today are an incredible inspiration to me personally. And it's not because they're successful but they're significant. They are making a significant impact on the world and I admire them hugely just for their generous hearts. Um, you guys uh, have, we've spoken about John here before, but when we go to Shanghai as a band, he hosts us, just spoils us, takes us out. Uh, he's been uh, heavily invested into what we do as a church through all our nonprofits, through Open Skies Media as well, being able uh, for us to record 24 Skies. And uh, Lauren's EP is going to be came out soon. He's involved in that. So just an incredible guy. Darren as well, just hugely uh, inspirational man. He's he, uh, has got multiple businesses. Uh, he's spoken here at the church before, actually, a, a couple years ago. And he's just larger than life. An incredible man. I love uh, you and Paula. And it was good to see your son the other day. I went up to speak at Kersney. And he's involved there at the SCA. So it was amazing to connect with him as well. But so good to have you guys. Nathan is also here with John, who is uh, uh, John's son. And he's um, joined the company and here on business with him as well. So take a moment to say hi to them after the service. Anyway, enough said from me. Uh, so let's welcome up John and Darren. Again, welcome everybody. This has been recorded for our evening service people tonight, so you are not a, a last thought, but uh, trust that you enjoy the same experience that we are enjoying live here today. Obviously, a whole bunch of people live online with us and a whole bunch in the room, so great to have you guys with us. So this is John and Darren. So John's American, but grown up in, in Taiwan and, and in China. Can you speak a little Chinese for us? What's that? Sir? <laughs> I got no idea what he said. I said, I'm so, well, I'm so thrilled to be here and to worship with you and to be in the house of the Lord. Um, open Skies is such a part of our family as well. Um, so what I said in Chinese is, I'm thrilled to be here with you, to worship with you. and That's awesome. Anyway. When John speaks Chinese in China, even the Chinese people are like blown away. Like, that is amazing. John uh, has taught me a few Chinese words, like how to call a taxi. But when I was last there, uh, we were staying at this, this place, and they said, when you want to call the uh, little cot to take you to the venue, you say, Chao Chu, or something like that. So I was practicing, and anyway, I pick up the phone, and I go, Chao Chu. It's just silence. Try to say it like, bit, like more Chinese. And she says, I not to speak English. I was like, that's meant to be Chinese. Anyway, so either you're a poor teacher or I am bad at Chinese. But, but really uh, a blessing to have you guys today. Uh, maybe in a minute, just tell us a little about you, your families, what you do. 
Uh, so, Hill, thanks for the advice. Beautiful to be here. I, I watched last week's uh, um, interviews um, with, I mean, you've got some incredible generals here. <laughs> I mean, what was on the stage uh, last week was just, it's just really set the stage way ahead for us. But honestly, it was amazing to see. And we always have such incredible reports about what's going on with you and Jin and, and, and generally in the, in, the, uh, in the market, how God is using you ever so powerfully. Um, and then to see Tanner here. Where's Tanner? Has he gone out? Jeez, I tell you, he's rocking Tanner, right? Yeah, this is a fan, by the way, Tanner. This is your Where's number Tanner? one fan. He's probably out the back there. No, jeez, man, that uh, Englishman in New York, it's all happening, eh? It's all <laughs> happening. So it's beautiful to be here, thanks. Do you want me to just touch a little bit about... Yeah, mate, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Yeah, so um, um, my name's Darren Owen. I started out in the clothing industry. I have a precious wife, Paula, three children, Savannah, Joshua, and Kristen. Uh, Savannah's in London right now. I'm eternally grateful that they all serve the Lord. I have um, people in this congregation that have massively impacted my life. Fiona, like a spiritual father to me. Roger and Vonnie at Bible College and of course Hilton. Um, I've been, when I finished Bible College, I was convinced that I was called to be a pastor. In actual I thought in order to be really holy and impactful, I'm gonna hit that pulpit and cover it. And Paula kept on sitting on the fence and then I was told uh, 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 by Fiona, you are gonna be the worst pastor in the world <laughs> and it ain't happening under my watch. Get back into business and let God use you powerfully there. And so we went straight back into business and I've been in the clothing industry for 28 years, have incredible partners and we have multiple companies and so grateful to God on, on the board of a minimum of 10, 12, 11 companies chair five of them and uh, uh, been very financially blessed, but more importantly, I love the topic of today, um, donkeys and boats have just seen God challenge our little family just so massively in this beautiful area awesome. of generosity and giving. And so, um, yeah, that's our background. I'm 60, I turned 60. I know you can't see it. I'm really trim and looking good. <laughs> so just work with me. And uh, uh, like my son said to me, now nah, it can only be our children. He leaned forward, he said, are you ready? I said, yeah, but I'm in very good company, Josh. He says, please listen to me. If you don't understand the question, just gently ask Hilton to repeat it. Thanks for that, Josh. I'm very appreciative. That's awesome. Uh, awesome, man. And John, a little bit about you, just for the guys to know. Well, first of all, it's, it's awesome to be here, and particularly to see Simon, Mike, and Rich playing on stage. We've had the opportunity to host them in Shanghai. Uh, and you talk about Global Leadership Summit. Um, I was on the board of Global Leadership Summit Shanghai, and we brought 24 skies out, and you provided the music for one of our GLSs there. So, uh, but a little bit about me, just to kind of uh, give you a little background. Um, I grew up in Taiwan. My parents were missionaries there. Uh, my great-grandparents were actually medical missionaries in China in uh, 1890s. Um, and so that kind of took our family uh, to China, and my parents were missionaries in Taiwan, so I learned Chinese as a kid. So I went to Chinese kindergarten, three, four, and five years old, lived in a Chinese neighborhood, so used Chinese a lot growing up. I uh, went to the States for college, um, studied business, and my father started a consulting company when I was in high school. So that kind of pushed our family into the business world. So I joined his company after uh, college. Uh, then when he retired, um, I started my own company. So currently I'm the uh, group managing director of uh, the BMF Group, 
which includes 11 companies, um, and we we're a, a manufacturer of industrial hardware products for gas electric utilities, railroad industry, uh, safety, construction, and so forth. Uh, we have four divisions, hydraulic cylinder division, a division in Australia, New Zealand, and now in Africa. Uh, I met my wife, Judy, in Taiwan. She was teaching at a university there. She thought she would teach there for two years, uh, maybe go to China two years and go home, but she met me and got stuck there. Uh, and I'm so happy that she did, get stuck with me. We have five children, uh, four boys and a daughter. Uh, and my son, Nathan, uh, just graduated from college and joined our company in July. So this is his first business trip. Um, and he's already wanting to stay in South Africa, so I'm yeah. not sure how long this <laughs> will last. Yeah, we're trying to find him a wife so he can <laughs> stay here. No kidding. It's been awesome to host these guys this weekend, and they've, they've eaten enough meat, they said, but we decided to have a braai today again as well. So, <laughs> But awesome to have you guys. Um, it kind of just gives you a little look into their lives. Maybe just briefly, uh, tell us, because obviously you grew up, your parents were missionaries, but at some point you came to a decision where you were like, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to follow God. I know for you it was a little bit later in life, um, but maybe just tell us quickly how you came to know God. Um, my older sister, uh, uh, who I love dearly, she used to drive us crazy about Jesus. Every moment she had was Jesus. We said, "Please, Celeste, please, killing me," you know. And we all used to duck her every moment we could. But at 29, I uh, sat under a, a prophet, a Yandu Blessee. Where I haven't seen him for many, many years. And he prophesied something over my life. And, and, and I was waiting for him to trip because everything he prophesied was in an industry that I was nowhere near. And he kept telling me, God's telling me this. God's telling me fabric. God's telling me garments. God's telling me you're flying everywhere. God's telling me you're doing millions of units. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. And eventually he said to me, what do you do, please? I'm sorry because he kept coming back, John. And um, I said, I'm a builder. I'm nowhere near that. And I was so proud that he got tripped up and he got the wrong person. Within one month, and I'd been doing that building company for 10 years, and I had no intention of leaving, it was very profitable for me. Within one month, God turned an opportunity for me to supply clothing to a new chain store called Mr. Price. They had three stores. And I'm, I moved out of clothing within three months. And um, gave my, uh, then I realized, I went straight back to him, committed my life, uh, uh, just really understood the aliveness of Jesus and the realness. Then at 40, I recommitted my life because I lost my way a little bit. And I decided to go to Bible college uh, thinking, can you ever be forgiven? And I found this, uh, uh, the Bible college here in Pine Town and just uh, uh, had an incredible time watching all these 19 year olds jump up and down and go crazy and worship. I was like, everyone's lost the plot yet. You know, I think within, within three months, I was jumping up and down. Uh, but really, at that stage, Hilt, you know, my life changed because I'd been a collector of literature and understanding, but I'd never actually had a revelation. And so I started to link the two, forgive me for, I'm a standard grade guy. So it took me a while to get it, probably the full three years, Fiona. Um, but I, I, I suddenly started to realize, John, that, hold on, this is, forgive me, but this is real. I can actually do this in business. And uh, I just found the love and mercy of God and recommitted my life. And it was just, it's been incredible. I remember when you actually made that brave call because he was a full-time businessman, but he decided to go to Bible college and literally say, God, I'm going to trust you with my business as I get my life sorted out. And you went full-time to college. Well, it was mornings, but 
It was amazing. And God worked yeah, and in that time. You know, what was incredible was I'd go to the office every afternoon for one hour. And our partner is still with us now. She's 46 now. She's been with us 25 years. And she used to look at me and say, there's no orders. You know, you, you're, you're jumping up and down up there in Pantan. There's no orders. I don't know whether we're going to survive another month. And I used to just find myself crying and saying to her, do you know what happens in Quadebeca? This morning we fed 150 children with bones and cabbage. They have nothing and there were 150 people lined up for food. I promise you, God is going to bring business. I promise you. And we never needed money. We never needed money. And I can show you testimonies of the multiplication of the profit in that company in the three years that I worked one hour a day compared to 20 years of working my life, my hands to the bone sort of, and God trebled that profit in three years working one hour a day as I was doing his business. That's amazing. There's gonna be a lot of sign-ups to Bible College. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, tell us how you came to know God. Well, I, uh, obviously, had uh, parents were missionaries, great-grandparents that were missionaries. Um, on my dad's side, um, pastors, pastors, pastors. So you would think that I would just uh, walk the straight and narrow. Unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, and between 20 and 30, I was somewhat of a wild man. Um, tell, tell them where you ended up. <laughs> through some of those experiences, I ended up in jail. And so... Um, but I think that's one of those uh, experiences where uh, sitting in jail on one occasion, uh, you had that, I uh, had a vision of uh, all of my uh, uncles from, and this heritage looking down from heaven, shaking their heads like, oh my goodness, what has happened here? Uh, but through that, I had the vision that, Lord, if you could ever help me get my act together, I would really like to serve you in prisons. Uh, because I went before the judge and had to do all of that. Um, and God did get a hold of me, and he did uh, around 30. Uh, and about two months uh, after he really uh, changed the tra tra trajectory of my life, um, a lady at church came to me and said, hey, I've been visiting, uh, this is in Taiwan then, I'm visiting, visiting foreign inmates at the local prison, would you go with me? Yes, I mean, that's an answer to prayer. Uh, and since then, I've been involved in prison ministry in Taiwan ever since. Um, and we work with foreign inmates. Um, it was about 350 at a Taiwan prison. So they're from just non-Taiwanese citizens, Indonesia, all the Asian countries, Europe. And then my office there sponsors a Christmas party for all the inmates every year. Uh, so for them, it's like it's one, one day a, a year where for the three hours of the party, there's a sense of freedom. I can go, go get another cup of coffee. I can go get another dessert. Uh, we bring turkey, pizza, Kentucky fried chicken, you know, things that you don't get on, an, on a daily basis. So some of the experiences I went through, the difficulties have sensitized me to those that are down and out, inmates, the homeless, and so forth. So God often takes your brokenness and mistakes and uh, uses them for good. That's incredible. I love that story. They go into the prisons and you know, just really treat them for the day. And it's the one day where they feel like something, where they feel special. And you realize it doesn't matter what you've done. Um, we have an opportunity as, as people that love God to love on people, even those that have made mistakes. And I mean, for John, he knows he made some mistakes, but look what God's done with his life. So, okay, so you both kind of surrendered your life to God. I think as a Christian, that's what you do. You say, God, my life is yours. You know, we often 
we, we do it at every one of our services where we ask people to pray a prayer surrendering. But I want to touch a little bit on, on business because I think sometimes we say, God, my life is yours, but then we keep these little pockets. Excuse the punt, you know. Uh, you know, you can have my life, Lord, but you know, the other one goes, you can't have my wallet, you know. Um, at what point, because I think sometimes it's a journey, sometimes it can be an instant thing, but for you guys, and part of what we've been sharing this series, Keep the Change, is living lives with generosity. It's not the amount, but it's generous hearts, margin. And Colin spoke powerfully a couple of weeks ago saying, it's all his anyway. And even when it comes to things like the tithe, which hates to be speaking about church, is, is you don't even give that. You bring that because it's his. It's, it's a return. And for you guys, maybe just share, at what point did you say, God, like, everything is yours? Realize that he's your source. We sung Jaira. He, he's enough. He's our provider. But the reality is we, we don't sometimes live it and believe it. We say, God, my, my trust is completely in you, but we hustle and we do what we can. So at what point? Do you guys have defining moments or was it a gradual thing where you realize that everything is God's? And maybe, Darren, uh, you can allude to that story. I remember once you telling me that you said to me, God, I need this much. And you looked at me and you said, it's a lot, Hilly. <laughs> I need this much. Anything over and above that is yours. Like, well, everything is anyway. But tell us a little bit about your journey with surrendering your businesses to God. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all know it's harder. You know, we can sit here like you. It's, oh, it's easy to make the checkout. Listen, it's, a, it's as we're all in the same place because it's all relative. You know, you can have 100 rand and you can sow 50 and I can have 40 million and I can sow 10 million and you beat me. And God is, our, you know, what changed for me, Ali, is uh, the simplicity of Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Now, I was horrified to find out that that's the most popular Christian verse in the whole Bible. Because I thought God had only given that to me when I first got to Bible college. But that second part, and Hilton and the theologians of this room might shoot me down, but it was the second part that attracted me. All these other things will be added to you. Because you and me are in business, and we want to see increase. So I, was, I would say, Lord, you know, I want a Bentley, and I'd like a couple of holiday homes, and I want to travel all the time. Will that fall into all that will be added to me? And I didn't feel any fear from God. And actually, all I felt was a gentle laughter. Right? And so I pushed it more, you know, and I pushed it more. I'm just being selfish and vulnerable to you. And the moment I felt a freedom to know that it's all right, to build a great business, or it's all right to build a big business, or it's all right to trust God for wealth, to flow through your hands for his kingdom, and he doesn't mind you and me as his children being spoiled at all. I just said, Lord, I'm in on the front half. I'll seek your kingdom and your righteousness with all my heart. And I know it may be the wrong way around, but it, it really worked for me, and that triggered for me. And so everything we did in our companies, Paul and I would start speaking about what is the kingdom run? What is the sowing? What are we doing? And you know, we great hilt. Uh, I don't know about you all, but I was great at being absolutely clear, John, on how much I had, what my percentage was, what my margin was, what my return was, what my investment was in business. But when it came to the things of kingdom, I was absolutely clueless because it suited me because somebody would tap me because I had. And so I was delusional. And so I challenged my partners and myself and my wife and myself 
to be clear on exactly what my percentages are. Where am I sowing? How much of what I'm earning am I sowing? Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Is it 30%? Is it 80%? Is it 200%? Because you can give out a capital as well. And be challenged by that because that's the word of God. You're building treasure in heaven. The game's going to be up. The bell's going to ring. And you and me got no more chance anymore to have the joy and the privilege to flow in generosity, which is the least of it. I understand it. The finance is the least of it. But the fun and the excitement that you and me experience in this area is freaky. And we've got to just grab that side of it. And that changed my life, you know, John Ellie. It changed my life and my wife, bless her heart, she'd say, look, you're not going to give everything. <laughs> and I'd say to her quietly, definitely not. Well, give me lack in faith. Definitely not. But we just have seen God multiply and just be so truthful in his own word. He's just real and alive. So it's been incredible so far. Sorry. That's awesome. Oh, amazing. And you? For me, my journey started uh, before I uh, owned my own company. I had worked for my dad, uh, and eventually when he retired, I started my own company. But prior to that, my father-in-law gave me a book. It was called God Owns My Business. And it's uh, about a man who decided he wanted to make God his legal partner. Uh, and he went to a lawyer, said, I want to make God my legal partner. He says, you're nuts, you can't do that. Went to another lawyer, said, you're nuts, you can't do that. Finally, he met a lawyer that took him seriously. And so he set up a foundation, uh, and that foundation became 50% uh, owner of the company. Later, he was speaking uh, in Florida somewhere, and he felt convicted that God was saying, you know, Stanley, haven't you done really well with your 50%? Don't you have a home here and a home there and so forth? I really want you to give it uh, all to me. So now the foundation is 100%, and he and his wife and the rest of the employees work for that foundation. So I read that book before I ever owned a company. Another important book was The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn, and the verse that uh, Colin read at the beginning is the basis of that, is store your, you know, your treasures in heaven by investing in his kingdom here. I think the third thing is that because uh, my parents were missionaries and I'm surrounded by uh, no many missionaries in Taiwan and in China, and the modern missionary movement is pretty much a self-supporting model, where if you're going to the mission field, you need to get support. And so uh, many, many friends, uh, you know, we had the privilege of supporting their ministries and so forth. But I think the concept of God's economy, what is God's economy when it comes to um, you know, each of our roles? Um, and there's, there's no ministry I know that doesn't need money. There's no missionary that doesn't need money. Um, and so if you think of it from God's economy, why would God not use Christian businessmen to provide resources to those that are in full-time ministry? It just makes sense. Um, and I think as I got that concept, then my role in business took on new meaning. Uh, and so the difficulties, the stresses, and all the things that we deal in business um, you know, there, there was an ultimate purpose behind it. It wasn't just to build wealth uh, for ourselves. And so uh, I think the other part is not just money, but often businessmen are, I'm on the finance committee of our church back in Shanghai still. I've served on the board of many different ministries. Um, so providing leadership, management uh, expertise, finance, and so forth. So I, tr I truly feel like businessmen and businesses are part of God's economy, and if you look at that in that way, then we have a role, and it's an exciting role. It's incredible. You guys are playing huge roles because, as you say, people that are out there on the front lines of ministries don't often have the resource or even the expertise, so you guys are able to add to that. I, I remember a conversation that was 
hugely impactful to me when we were staying with you in Shanghai. We had just done our first record and we were touring it. And John looked at me and he said, do you guys want to do another record? We were like, yeah, we would like to, uh, but it costs a lot of money. And I, I told him the amount and he was like, is that all? So I said, should I have said more? <laughs> you know. And uh, he was like, well, and, and I love his heart. He's like, well, can I get involved if, if you would let me? So I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, he, and John's heart is always like, well, I want to let other people get in on the blessing too. Because it's not, you know, so often we see giving as a, as a huge cost and sacrifice, which it is. But he's like, I want other people to be in on the blessing. So can I kind of get in on that blessing as well, like so I can give? And he was able to uh, help fund our uh, second record. So those of you who've enjoyed the songs of First Light, um, John was hugely impactful just in a quick conversation where God prompted him and used his business tools to be able to, to help us. So we, we just wanted to publicly thank you for that. Uh, you've been a massive blessing to us as 24 Scars, so thank you. And I think we can thank him. Um, um, I want to, uh, and I think these two will go into each other, what we've been talking about now. The title of today's discussion is Boats, or what, what do we call it? Donkeys and Boats. So maybe you've seen that on our social media, and it's like, donkeys and boats, what is this about? But the idea that Jesus invites us to be part of his story, and when he needed a, a donkey to ride into Jerusalem, I mean, he could have made one himself because he created everything, right? Um, but he invites us into the story, and a donkey was a, was a form of transport, but it was, it's a business tool. People use that to transport things. And the idea of the boat, um, the one time... Uh, Peter lent Jesus' boat to push out from the shore and, and to preach off. And then it was after that that Jesus said, well, go and fish. And he caught a multitude of fish. And I don't know um, if we can maybe just talk into that, like maybe some ways that God has used you, your business tools. And I know John spoke about his foundation. We can share a little bit about that, some things. And I know this is difficult because you don't want it to ever feel like a boasting thing. But if you could just share some of the things that you've been able to do just with your boat, with your donkey, your little bit, and, and see how God's multiplied that. So we um, set up um, a, a foundation called the BMF Foundation. Um, and so what used to happen is uh, I would go to my accountant and say I wanted to make a contribution or a donation to some group. Um, and of course my accountant would be like, oh yeah, sure boss, that's great, we'll, we'll give to that. Um, but I always kind of felt guilty when I ever went to the accountant asked for money for some purpose, uh, as if it was taking away from the business. Um, once we set up the BMF Foundation, which is um, our main companies are in Hong Kong, that's our profit centers, and when we set up this foundation, and it's tied to our company, and our company is the main uh, donor to the foundation, suddenly all of that took on a new uh, meaning. So that now my staff and accountant, everyone feels they're part of that foundation. So uh, there's, there's a concept of, you know, should a company tithe? And so we're giving 10% of our uh, earnings to the foundation, and then it contributes to things around the world. Um, so the, the big, big thing for us is that suddenly enough, uh, our, we have a newsletter on a monthly basis that we provide to our staff and so forth. So they can see your hard work is generating income, and it's helping people around the world in these different places. The other part was, uh, I think some, some of you know Brad and Esme Warren. Uh, Esme is the, the uh, director of the foundation. 
Uh, and so she's brought all of the skills she developed uh, running missions uh, in the church to the foundation. And so there's, uh, a, there's a systematic methodology uh, application process with our, with our partners around the world, um, you, know, uh, you know, continuing to stay engaged with them, um, you know, praying for them and so forth. Um, and so we want to work with partners uh, and we're primarily focused in edu education and medical. And part of that is because our foundation is public and because we operate in China and so forth. But most of the uh, groups that we support are um, all Christian organizations. Um, but the foundation has been a key component for us. The other is um, you know, how to use the business. We, we have, we have uh, operations around the world. So how do we use the facilities we have uh, to serve ministries? So there's a ministry in Shanghai called Home Sweet Home that works with homeless people. It's basically taking, uh, working with homeless, taking homeless people in, giving them skills and so forth, uh, and, and then them sending them back out to society. Um, they had to, uh, they were evicted from their, the location they were at. They were looking for a new location. Our company was looking for a warehouse at the same time, so we partnered together. So the warehouse my company currently operates in Shanghai, we have the first floor, Home Sweet Homes, on the second floor. So that was a way for us to, to, to partner together. Um, in Zimbabwe, we have a distribution center. Uh, we also had the opportunity to um, take over a Christian retreat center in Harare. Um, the retreat center, of course, through COVID, you don't have many guests. Uh, because of lockdowns, but it also acts as our headquarters for our operations in Zimbabwe. So we've, we've just seen opportunities to use, uh, you know, our, our facilities around the world um, to be able to partner with missions and ministries. John's uh, BMA Foundation also partnered with True Life, and they were very instrumental in the contact with the Ukraine um, and have been very involved in helping True Life as well. Did we have any pictures that you wanted to show? Were there a couple? Yeah, you can, you can show a few pictures back. I mean, part of the other concept is that wherever we, uh, this, was, this was actually making donations in China when the COVID first uh, struck and um, was donating to them. This is Mohan in Nepal. Uh, and, and uh, supporting his ministry, which includes uh, an orphanage um, and so forth, providing iPad uh, uh, to some of the students and so forth. Um, this is in Zimbabwe, providing desk and so forth for uh, a classroom that before they were all sit sitting on the floor. Um, but it's everything from uh, science labs uh, in schools and so forth. But the basic idea is wherever we operate in the world, we also want to give back to those communities. Um, and so the part of the vision of, uh, of, for us is, you know, even here in South Africa, we, by having business here, and we have uh, several factories in George, uh, by being involved in business, there's a, a sense that you belong. There's a sense that you, you start to learn the, the, the communities. Um, and so then you have the opportunity to give back to those communities. So we desire, I mean, we hope to, to expand globally because every community has, has value. And how can we give back to the communities we have the privilege of doing business in? It's incredible. I've been to Home Sweet Home, which is an incredible facility there in, uh, in, in Shanghai. And your know, heart was really tugged going to, getting, your, getting into those spaces really does touch your heart and you know, encourage us to do more. What are some of the things that you guys have managed to be involved in? I know you're involved in a whole lot, um, but share some. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I really do want to say that some of us together here are ahead of uh, 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 us in their ability to be generous in their giving, and some of us are slightly off the pace and we want to improve. 
And um, I, I always like to just say when we're able to give testimony, because it is God's glory. And like you're saying, to be vulnerable, sometimes what changed my life was somebody sitting in front of me who's in heaven now, but he sat in front of me and told me the truth. He told me the figures. So I could understand the size of what he was doing. Because I was so busy getting told, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, that I never really understood whether I was making money, whether I was giving money, or whether I was being generous. And so I challenge you to trust somebody that, that, that is in the body of Christ and talk openly to them. And, then, and celebrate with them when you see the word of God come alive through your generosity and you've, you've jumped out of that in a verse. And cry with them as well when you don't understand why you haven't seen a multiplication or you haven't seen your life run into prosperity because you're being generous. And God says a generous man will be prosperous. Yes. Uh, um, so, you know, we've all got many things, you know, that we're sowing into. But if I had to give you some things that have just brought me such joy and made Paul and I just want to cry, um, there really have been, uh, 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 you know, when we first started, I remember taking to Fiona and holding myself accountable and saying, I've never tired from the companies, uh, John, but I want you to know that he has a check from the first tithe, 20 years ago, Fiona, this is the check from the first tithe of the company, nothing to do with any of us. Um, and, and I need you to know that we're praying that it will be multiplied so that we could tithe out of the company continuously. We watched that grow for 10 or 14 years, Fiona, and, and honestly, Hilt, it just was supernatural. It almost doubled, which means our profits were almost doubling. Which, and we still had the same customers, we were doing the same work and building the same teams. Of course, we expanded that. But God blessed us, and we just watched the simplicity just of the honoring and the reverence of a tithe bringing back to the kingdom, bringing back to our place where we're getting spiritually fed. That was an incredible uh, uh, opener for myself and Paula. And then things like, if I can just challenge you, because I've been challenged in this, uh, uh, you know, things come across you on my paths that don't necessarily come across others. So I was just driving out of the, the state I was in in the north coast, and my mate who was the car guard, he just said to me, you know, Derry, things are not good. So I said, come, let me pray for you. He said, no, that's a, that's a white man's God, not mine, because I don't even have a Bible. And, and when they give me a Bible, I can't understand it because it's thee and thou and all that, and I don't know what to tell you. And I remember driving away from there and saying, Lord, that's not right. And so, so we just said, let's buy Let's trust God for a million Zulu and Kosa Bibles, and let's give them away. And I remember being challenged by one of my business partners because we could get a 20% discount because we were buying so many. And he said, right, we're going to make 10%. We're going to sell them to the ones that can afford it. We're going to take that 10%, and we're going to buy more, Edgar. They'll know exactly what I'm talking And there was a strategy and a plan. And I remember saying to his disappointment, no, God said we're not to make profit. We're to give them away. It freaked him out. Because, you know, we're all in business. But that's been one of the incredible joys. The other one has been just out of a verse in, in uh, Luke 7, the first seven uh, verses uh, of Luke 7, um, just where the centurion went uh, and asked the elders of the synagogue to go and ask Jesus to come and help his, his servant. And uh, um, when they went to Jesus, they said, there's this man that loves our nation and built our synagogue. He is worthy of your help. 
and it says full stop in certain certain interpretations. It says full stop, Jesus got up and went. I said, Lord, I don't have money and I don't have a synagogue, but something's going on there. As your child, can I have your attention? I just, I just love some of your attention. So will you bring me a synagogue and bring me money? You know, just two weeks later, we found a church that needed a building. We're on our seventh building, and it's just incredible how God has just, God has just unlocked that. And our final thing, I'm sorry, can I just go one more? Of course. Uh, and this is to encourage you, because you, you'll have much bigger things than John, but just as touch point on my life, is our final thing is, I was just listening to, to, to a preacher and thinking to myself, he finished off with saying, I can argue all day and I'll beat you because I'm a great apologist. He said, but in the end, is the soul saved? And I thought to myself, gee, Lord, we got orphanages, we got Bibles, we all putting millions into wherever we have to go. I can't account for that, and I'm not so good at that. And I felt like the Spirit of God saying, well, just employ the best. And so I started on a journey. It took me two weeks to find the best evangelists I could, employ them, and say, would you give me the privilege to pay your bill, and would you go all day, don't worry about the building, don't worry about electricity, don't worry about your costs, and go and see people saved, be instrumental by God, and then disciple them into churches, build relationships, and, and, and then you might get horrified of me, I reduced it down to a number that I'm trusting God for a day from them to see God touch people's lives. I mean, the one guy, Hilly, which is just quite incredible, he's on like, you know, I asked him for, for like 16 people touched by God a, a month. He's on like 85 a month. You know, 300 people saved in three months and it's just placing them in churches and, and that was all God, just out of a verse. Amen. And so those are three things that we, you know, there's many others like you. Oh, it's incredible. I, I didn't know you you're doing that. That's amazing. I know about the buildings and it's amazing how God works. So my sister and brother-in-law, Tam and Bev, uh, co-church, is actually moving into a facility in Antlali that is owned by Darren. Isn't it amazing? It's the church that we actually grew up in. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's just amazing how God works. Family built it. Yeah. Church we grew up in and Darren bought it because he didn't want it to be you know, used for anything else but a church. So I just love that practical ways you're seeing God work. Okay, so these are some amazing stories and, you know, and God's obviously using you guys, but I think building anything significant, it doesn't come without challenges. <laughs> this last year and a half, two years has been a massive challenge economically. I know particularly, John, you were sharing, maybe you could share a little bit about some of the trade wars that are happening now between the US and, and even China. Um, but anyone who's going to be used by God comes under attack. Uh, you know, I, I think certainly for us, even in ministry, I think people sometimes don't understand, but there's a lot of a spiritual battle that goes on. I've had a pretty challenging week, even this past week, leading up to this, and you kind of see how I think the devil works. He always wants to get you down. And what have you guys done and to overcome some of those challenges? And uh, maybe just share briefly some of those challenges so that I think all of us experience challenges. Anything you want to say to that? It, it used to be that in any, any given year, you might have you know one or two challenges. Uh, currently, we have about four or five simultaneously. So pandemic, trade war between China and the US, which is incurring 25% duties going to the States, which we're dealing with. Uh, a global shipping crisis where it's hard to get a container and containers that used to be 2,500 are now up to 18,000 to 20,000. 
Um, that's a huge challenge. Um, you know, it's, it's just, there's, there's many of them. Um, and so I think navigating all of those things, um, you know, is also the side of when there's challenges, there's also opportunity because all of our competitors are facing the same challenges. And then there's the aspect of who, you know, who can navigate challenge better than others. And I think we do that well because we have such infrastructures um, in, in, uh, in the places we operate. Um, I think the biggest spiritual warfare or, or, or uh, issues I deal with is just being distracted from um, a focus on God. Uh, because in business, and you know, you know, so often you have early morning meetings, you know, so you don't always necessarily start your day in prayer or in the Word. Um, and I find that I can go uh, about a, a week that way, where I basically get, I become dry, and I can't, I can't go too far uh, that way, where I basically come to the end of myself. And realize that I just don't have the wisdom. I don't. I mean, I, I get stressed. I get because because then all the weight of the world and all of these issues we're talking about uh, um, pour pour down on you. Whereas it seems like somehow uh, when I'm in the Word, when I'm when I'm connected to God, um, I can rise above those things. And rather than being, uh, um, you know, there's a sense that there's a guidance and wisdom He gives you to navigate those difficulties. And that's not different than you as pastor of the church. I mean, it's like, it's so, I find it very subtle. It's very easy to just be over here a little bit and miss that. And so I think the biggest challenge is just to stay connected to God. And I think the, being in the pandemic, um, part of it is we've, we've now moved back to the U.S. in Pasadena. This is my first business trip internationally. Uh, that's unusual for me. Uh, normally, be, before the pandemic, I would have been traveling all the time. But there's been something positive about not traveling all the time and being in a place of stability. And so it is a, a time, a season of opportunity to kind of just be more focused because um, you can do a lot of things, but you know, uh, on your own strength, you're gonna go potentially the wrong way. And how do you allow God to be, un, uh, just to cover you and make sure you're making wise decisions? And then I think the final thing is just, it's so easy to, be, to see business and not people you know, and it's like you constantly have to remember, is it employees or is it people? You know, suppliers or is it people? Um, and uh, I constantly have to remind it, people are really what's most important, not the products, not the process, and so forth. And um, I don't always get that right. Um, but when I'm reminded and I get that right, then, I, then it's, I'm energized. Like, how cool is this? How awesome it is I get to work with so many amazing people. Yeah, um, I, I think John hit it on, you know, really hit it bang on target. And it's always a constant challenge for me and Paula, um, just pressing into God. And I know we all hear that, and sometimes it's tiresome, and I'm in the middle of a mighty challenge, and uh, all of us, and, and we're all in different play levels of what God's doing. But honestly, um, you know, if I look back and I'm, I'm talking to my children, I'm saying to them, please, please, press into what God is doing and saying. Because he can flick it and switch it in one day. Yeah. So he, he can just switch it. You know, I, I've said this, and I'm not saying this to speak death over myself. I just say it because it's actually the truth. And God has shown it. But as a standard great guy uh, who never had the privilege to get a, a degree, which I think is amazing for those that get them and uh, my children will get, 
and I, I'm really proud of that. But, you know, our recent accomplishment that God off, uh, 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 pushed us into is he, he's put me to become a chairman of a company that I really shouldn't be there. But he's put me there, put me onto the board, then made me chairman of a company that's going to potentially be a five to 10 billion rand company. Very clearly and very easily possible. And, and, and I come home and I say to my wife, how, like, how is that possible? And it's just, well, God's opened the door. Yeah. God's opened the door. And whether he closes it tomorrow or not. And then if I go back and look at the consistency of us holding ourselves accountable to trying to be generous, I'm asking you to just reread the verses that you know. You know, it's clear. Yeah. A generous man will be prosperous. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Isaiah 48, you know, uh, I'm the Lord your God, your Redeemer, who will teach you how to profit. And, and, and sometimes I think when we're faced with these trials, it's so easy to, to just sideline walk, forget people, which is most, the most important thing, and also to forget time or talking or understanding what God's plan is. And, and that has just been such an anchor for me to so many times think it's going sideways, but then watch God restore. But thank God we have great HR people like Jen, and, and we employed a pastor to be there to just pray for people at our businesses and, and, and just keep ourselves accountable. So yeah, just, uh, just dive straight back into Jesus and just don't stop being generous. It's not just, no one needs your money, God doesn't need it. But if you just generous, Darren, if you just generous, he can't help himself. <laughs> Our dad can't help himself. You know, the mates of mine say, but I don't have anything. I said, no, you actually do. Just look. <laughs> it's all so good. Thank you. It's amazing. Um, you know, stick, you know, digging into God and just being flexible, moving with him and what he's saying. Maybe a, a few closing uh, thoughts. We, we have pushed this a little longer, but I think it's just so good. But just briefly, what fills your tank? What drains your tank? Because I think it's so important doing what you do. If you're leading, if you, you know, doing what you guys are do, it's so important to have. We spoke about you know giving God the first and honoring Him and spending time with Him. But just practically, a couple of things. What, what what fills your tank? What drains your tank? Just before I I say that, I just want to say one thing. It's on my heart, and that is, I think there's some people here and perhaps online that um, you know are at the end of their rope, as we talked about earlier, um, and that don't see hope. And so hearing, uh, listening to uh, us two gentlemen, you know, can I really relate to what you're going through? And so I just want to speak to, to, to all of us that uh, there's a responsibility we all have to bring those folks along um, and to understand that the, where they're at and so forth. And so it's not just out there, it's here, it's in our midst. I met a woman yesterday whose car was stolen, mm. um, you know, and it, it's a struggle. Mm. struggle. And so I think part of it is just being sensitive, sensitive to all the people around us that are struggling and how can we use our platforms or or the things that God has done in our lives to be able to help them. Mm. What feels uh, my tank? Uh, I'd like to be active. Um, And so uh, I love sports. So I still play basketball. I like to run, like to golf. Um, like he, the right. he just broke 80 the other day. First time ever, and he sent me the scorecard and boasted to me. Hilton and I were having a competition. Yeah. I, I beat him to it. He beat me. But uh, I like to ride motorcycles, but a lot of that is, I mean, I like to be active, um, and certainly being a businessman and being more of a desk job, um, I can't go very long without uh, getting out and being active and so forth. 
And that, that really fills my tank. I think also just uh, relationships, friendships, travel, uh, you know, coming to South Africa this time has filled my tank. It is so awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, those are the things that, that really uh, awesome. drive us forward. Awesome. You got anything? Yeah, I think um, filling my tank is um, a little bit opposite of John. I don't like to be too active. If I can get away with my family, if I can spoil them, if I can have a magnificent holiday, and if I can, uh, um, oh man, to just see my children serve God can, is just done, I'm done. That's awesome. That fills my tank completely. What drains me is seeing me hurt somebody, not really directly, but as a consequence of how I acted yeah. in my passion to be brashly honest and then seeing them having to recover through that and me having to retrace that. And so that's, a, that's an area that I feel God is really trying to work on me to slow down a bit and to just see where people are, his children, um, and to just try and work on that. Because sometimes in our zeal, you know, John, and in our zeal, Billy, yeah, yeah, we can just yeah. be so far ahead that in actual fact we're far behind and we yeah. hurt each other. So that's that really, I don't, I don't know how to navigate that, it hurts me. Yeah. yeah. What, for, what drains me is when I finish a golf round and I realize, and I didn't play well, and I realize I was so self-focused, I didn't even connect with the other three gentlemen that were yeah. playing with me. Um, and it's kind of like that reminder, oh, what an idiot I am, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, even in your zeal and uh, things that, that fill you up, it's still uh, a constant reminder of remembering what's really important. Yeah. Well, I think for me too as well, you drain it, you know, people are so important to us and, and when there's strained relationships, that's, that's, it's difficult, you know, so keeping people front and center. Okay, well, we're going to come to a close. Any closing encouragement to people listening out today in the room, those online, it's been difficult for a lot of people. Any closing encouragement for, for, for guys? Um, yeah, you all are, we're all growing. We're all in a different place. It's easy to listen to the testimonies of where some other people around you are and they're winning. Oh, don't give up. Our king has got you. Don't you dare give up. And stand on his words, his verses of generosity. Just let him be your king. That's awesome. Awesome. I think for me is that no matter what uh, walk of life you have, what position you have, all of us, uh, God wants to use each one of us. Um, and as we draw close to him, um, he's going to uh, guide our paths and give you those opportunities. For me, I feel like there's, there's so much more that God wants to sow into me for the kingdom of God. Um, and so it's, 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 it's drawing close to him to be able to do that. And so I just encourage each one of us to do that in our daily walk and allow him to lead you. And I know that he has uh, great things in store for each one of us. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we, we really hope that you've been encouraged. And uh, I think I'm going to, can I ask you to pray for, for, for people today? If, if you had today, I don't know, maybe you run your own business, maybe you just work for a business, but if you feel like some stuff's hit home to you and you're like, God, I just want to, I want to get some of what these guys have been sharing, right? Uh, it's all relative. We all got to start somewhere. But for our heart to just align with God's heart is sometimes it's a challenge, but it's a decision that we make. And if you're saying today, God, at the end of this series, keep the change, we're saying, God, we want to honor you and everything is yours. Um, can I 
uh, ask you to pray uh, if you both want to, or yeah, just uh, let's just respond to God. Um, and maybe you need to do that today. So let's all close our eyes, those online as well. Let's just spend a moment as we respond to God after what's been said. We love Stan. Of course. Amen. Father God, I just thank you for just loving us. I thank you, Abba Father, for your mercy and your care. And thank you, Lord God, that we're saved by grace through faith. Nothing that we can do gets us anywhere near where you are. Thank you that it's all done by you. But Abba Father, thank you that you would remind us that you have created us, that you have purposed works and deeds for us to fulfill as you speak about in Ephesians. And I pray, Abba Father, that each of us, Lord God, would take our rightful place in the lane that you have, us, have set us, you, that we wouldn't find ourselves in a comparison or a comparing with others, but that we'd be content, but with intentional uh, action, Lord God, to take your word that's alive and you alive and Holy Spirit to be sensitive to you and to to run full speed at your purpose and plan for each of our lives and that we wouldn't touch your glory. We would just see you glorified day after day in every area of our lives and where we go and what we do. Abba Father, I pray for favour and blessing over every person here and every person online. I pray, Father God, for your hand of authority and prosperity and gentleness on every one of us. I pray, Father God, for overflow and abundance. I pray, Thank Father you, God, that we would speak with a boldness and a faith, Lord God, uh, on, the, on the, the miracles and the testimonies that, that have happened in our lives as we boast in you. But Abba Father, would you keep that arrogance, yes, that uh, uh, that stuff, that pride away from us, Abba Father. But we will walk in the most incredible humility, just knowing that you're in charge, you've got us hemmed in, and you're with us. And, and explode us, Abba Father, into your kingdom. Explode us, Lord God. Help us to build more capacity. Stretch our tent pegs, Lord God, to be used by you more powerfully as we honour you day by Thank day, you, minute by minute, in Thank Jesus you. Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Powerful name. We love you, Thank Dad. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.